I'm Dwayne Brummett, he's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. Hello again, Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Happy New Year, Ali. Hey, to you as well, man. It's it seems like it was just yesterday that we were saying this, right? Yeah, that we, you know, we're right at the the cusp of the new year, and and now it already is. I know. I, didn't it, didn't it seem like the year went extra fast? I, for me, it just seems like it went so fast. Yeah, and uh, it, from what I understand uh, from all my elders, it goes faster. <laughs> it ticks yeah. faster the older you get. Yeah, I mean. Um, that's the truth. Like, uh, you know, I think that for me, I, as I get older, like time goes by and I don't get what I want done or I did accomplish a lot. And it just seems like the next month is on us, you know, and it's like before you know it. Yeah, totally quick, man. Um, and if you're not planning for your, your business and your personal life uh, and you're just letting it, you know, hit you day by day and, and you're just trying to survive, that's not a good thing, you know? Yeah. And, and that's great. You know, great segue into what we want to talk about, right? Because I've already, and I know you have, and we've planned out like for months in advance, what we're doing. Like I already have seminars that are set up for the end of this month with a guest instructor. I already have people signed up. We have our awards dinner for our tournament circuit this coming Saturday. We have 350 people signed up for the awards dinner. Nice. You know, what's interesting though? Like I, I thought this would be a slow one. Because, you know, the economy and right after the holidays and so on, it is our busiest dinner ever. And people are literally dropping money like like, you know, for a family of six and seven, like a seven, eight hundred dollars to go to this one night, three hour affair. So I wonder like and, you know, I, li- I listen to uh, Grant Cardone a lot on his martial art university. And he talks about like your product, maybe. That's all you need is a good product and, and believe in it so much people will buy it. You can't think with that scarcity mentality. What are your, what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, um, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because um, I started the year off with um, the power of positive thinking by right. Norman Peel. And if you've not read that, um, I would encourage you to revisit um, yeah. that as, um, as a school owner, you know, cause what, why do we want to be positive anyways, but um, that that's actually was was great timing for myself with the beginning of the year and mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, so yeah I, I think that you you start to create what you start to believe I right. really believe that you know and if you believe that things are slow and and um, you know things are falling apart uh, you're you're going to start acting that way um, and it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy you know I remember when I bought my partners out I was freaking out. But I decided that I was always going to say, you know, when somebody would say, uh, you know, how's the studio doing? And I would say, man, business is booming. And even when it wasn't booming, um, I just always just said business is booming. And, you know, we built the business, you know, it it became booming. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. I've been uh, I want to behind me. You can see all my books on my bookshelves. I have two huge bookshelves, but I'm going to get rid of one so I can add more guitars to the wall. So I have more floor space. Um, but, uh, but as I'm taking the books off, like I could see that era in time when I read certain types of books 
that year I was into spirituality, you know, and, and I started listening to the art of happiness by the Dalai Lama again on audio. And I, I had to go get some x-rays this morning. So I went there for my, my kidney stones and uh, I'm listening to him talk and I'm going like, it's so important. Like the messages that these leaders give out that can shape and shift our lives positively. Right. And he had said something about negative thought. Um, and he said, if you think negatively or you desire other stuff or more things that you don't have, and you kind of think in that realm of, you know, uh, woe is me and I don't have it similar to like, he mentioned celebrities. He says, celebrities have money, they have fame, but they don't necessarily always have happiness. Um, because they're always in search of the next level. And I, I hear a lot, like I was kind of, I don't know, a little discouraged this coming January 1st, where all the positive motivational coaches, you know, in the martial arts, you know, think positive, do better, push harder, you know, and a lot of it didn't talk about happiness. It talked about goals and achievements and things of that nature. So I wonder, you know, where we're at in regards to that in our lives and everybody should be there. I think, uh, you know, that's important. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that's something that we should think about moving forward this year. That's why in our topic, reimagining, right, your, your school, reimagining what you want it to be. Is it just going to be another year, 2023, just like 22, but we're just going to push harder to grow more, make more? Or is it going to be life changing and shifting? That, that's where I'm at. And when I was talking about the books, I could see some were business years, some were spiritual years, some were, you know, technique martial art years, like leadership years. Like there are all these different segments of what I focused on so hard, wholeheartedly to get to where I wanted to go. Thoughts? Yeah, that's, I would say that we probably all have those on our bookshelves where right. there's those period of times. And, and even if it's not on the bookshelf, it was, you know, digitally on your computer or whatever, but right. Um, yeah, I, I love the topic that, you know, we're introducing today with regards to reimagining, you know, 2023 for your, your studio. And, you know, one of the things that we're focusing on for 2023 is, yes, we still have, you know, our financial goals that we that we want to meet. Right. But in, but we know that in order to reach those financial goals, the connection and the relationship that we have with our clients is, is actually what's going to bring those financial goals to fruition. Right. And so we're kind of falling on, you know, what Zig Ziglar, one of Zig Ziglar's favorite lines is you can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. Right. And people in, I don't know about your school, but people in our school are coming to us for a myriad of reasons. One of those reasons is obviously martial arts. They want to learn how to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. but some of it really is connection right you know we are the 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 family uh outlet for them that connection and so yeah. you know we when we were smaller we did a really good job of making it a family uh dynamic a family atmosphere we all went and did things together and we've talked about that in previous podcasts yeah, yeah. where even our, our own martial arts instructors really didn't ever have to say hey you need to sign up for this right <laughs> right know, you just did it yeah, and so um, we're really trying to dial that uh, in yeah. so that our students can experience the same thing that we did when we went through the ranks with our own instructors. That's interesting. Like, uh, so, so of course, both of us are you in the Cardone University, um, and uh, I just did a lesson where Grant Cardone talks about there's only two things in a business. He said, customer satisfaction 
and he said customer acquisition. He said the what he asked the question, what's more important? And people will always say customer satisfaction. He says, but you can't satisfy customers if you don't get them. So he says the first thing is massive customer acquisition and then having an already made customer satisfaction platform set up. Like you and I have onboarding messages and you know, intro, you know, to whatever when you get your belts, and, and we have a lot of different systems in place that are automated. But you're right though, I mean, it's all about that tribal bond, that mentality that people feel connected. I know I did when I trained with my teacher. Um, it was like a brotherhood. Like, you know, we, I, I loved being with the group. Like it was part of my identity, you know, like I really, it was so cool. And even in the early days, like you said, when we were smaller, we opened up our schools. My core group was like, we hung out together. We went to dinner every weekend. We went to a movie every weekend. It was like a, a family, a core, core family group. It was, it was an awesome thing. But it's hard to do that with 150, 250 members. It is. It is. But I think it really starts with your staff and right. your leadership team or storm team or whatever they, they're called. And so if you think of a, um, a bullseye right, and you have the inner part of the bullseye, that is your core individuals in your business. So for me, that really is you know, Mr. Bean, um, my program director. And since I have another school that, that, that kind of has another circle, uh, right. in it, but it's, it's Mr. Kent, right? Those are the individuals that, you know, I spend the most time with, I am more intimate with mm -hmm. just, you know, and then, so then you have the next outer circle from that bullseye, and that's the rest of your staff. If you have a bigger staff, right? Right, right. That's the rest of your staff that you spend, you know, the second part of your time with most yeah. important time with. And then from there you have your storm team or leadership. So that next circle outside of that are the storm team leadership individuals. And so those are the one, you know, so you, I don't know, you know, how you guys do it, but you know, quarterly seminars or monthly get togethers or whatever it is for us, for our storm team, like the special team or role models, that's our leadership. Cause we have an actual leadership program that's in the regular program, but the, the junior instructors, if you will, um, you know, we have a quarterly seminar that we do and uh, it's a two hour, um, you know, time that we get together. It, it, you know, we're working on team building activities. We're working on obviously teaching tactics. We have some games uh, and have fun, but you know, we either, if we do it on a Friday night, then we, I, you know, we're having, having pizza. If we're doing it on a Saturday morning, then, you know, we, we, we do uh, the milk and donuts and coffee if they're older, but you know, that type of thing. So um, it's just really focusing on the, on those circles. And then you have your, uh, for us after that, the next circle of influence or connection even too is our leadership. So those are all the individuals that were in the regular base program that have now decided, yep, I want to be in leadership. I want to learn the weapons. I want to make a commitment to go to black belt. Right. You know, so we have quarterly seminars for them that we get together and spend time just with the leadership individuals. Wow. And then you have your, you know, basically everybody else that's in the studio that still hasn't committed to any of those things yet. Right. And, and you're, you, you spend less and less time with them. So meaning the farther up the ladder, and I don't mean necessarily rank, uh, although that is true we should be developing a deeper and deeper, deeper relationship with our clients um, and our students, you know, during that time period, if that makes sense. 
It totally does. And I remember doing a seminar way back when for member solutions. And I, I spoke about different levels. Like when you're a school owner, you grow to zero to 30 students. It's kind of easy to know everybody's name and what they do and the parents. And you're, like you said, that intimacy of that small core group. And as you start to grow, I equated it to like, you know, you have a little family and then you have an extended family and then you have a town where you live and then you have a city in which you live and then a state. Like as it as you grow in in volume with students, like the amount of students you have, it becomes more and more difficult to communicate with them. And I think it's important too that we understand that certain people will feel that way as well. They see a lot of students, they know that they're a part of what you do, but they may not believe that there's a true personal connection because you're so busy. You probably hear people, they go, hey, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to take up your time. I, I don't want to pester you with this question. And I always say, you know, I, I'm always available, you know, to talk to anyone. That's why, by the way, I do this, but you don't do that. But I, I leave on my voicemail at my school, I have my cell phone number. I'm like, if you need to talk to me, just reach out to me on my cell, text me on my cell. And then we also have, of course, we on Spark, we have our own Spark dedicated text line as well. So I try to give everyone every avenue. And, and you know what, to be honest, there are still people that say, I try to get in touch with you to cancel my membership and I couldn't get, I'm like, how could you not get in touch with me? We have every avenue of communication in the modern world available at your fingertips, right? And it says it, I, I called your office, no one answered. It says, call my cell phone text me on my cell phone. You know, you could text me on the, you could message us on Facebook. Like there are a million different ways, but we want to make them feel comfortable like that. They're not bothering us, that they, they do have our ear and we care. And that's super important. That's how you grow in mass and communicate in, in mass to the majority of your clientele. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing too, um, you don't have to be you don't have to be the one that does everything, meaning that you're the center of everything. Um, and I, right. you know, I like what, um, you know, I, I kind of take this concept from, from uh, uh, how God handled Moses. And what I mean by that is Moses couldn't, um, you know, handle everybody. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, and so what he did was he said, you know, Hey, I want you to choose some, some individuals and we're going to make them in charge of, uh, you know, so basically delegating is what right. I came down to right, be. Right. Um, and so I, I look at the same thing. I have individuals that I can delegate certain things to. When you do that, though, um, look at your your parents or your staff or whatever. Look at their strengths. Try to pair them up where their strengths are at. Mm -hmm. um, so, for instance, you know, I did a really good job back in the day when um, – we were introducing weapons into our leadership program. We right. had barely done weapons uh, prior, but when we were really starting to introduce weapons into our leadership program, I and luckily, fortunately, I found that you know, like for Mr. Bean, he really gravitated toward the sword. So I gave him more time. Not that he wasn't learning the other weapons, but I gave him more time with the sword, and then I basically put him in charge of teaching sword. Same right. thing with bow staff. I had Mr. Cook. He really just gravitated towards the right. bow staff. And right. so we made sure that he was trained in that. And then he would, you know, be in. So they all had their own niche. And they were able, able to help out the students in that way. So, yeah. you know, when you're going to delegate those type of things, whether it's parties, um, you know, 
instructional things. Yes, everybody needs like all your staff needs to know how to do it, but you're going to have ones that are more passionate. And so yeah. why not put those individuals in charge uh, mm-hmm. of, of those uh, passion projects, if you will? Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. I mean, any any group of any any company or um, religious group or whatever, they have their disciples that, you know, the pastors, the priests at, that have built congregations under the biblical word, right? I guess you would say. So it's like, there's no different in the martial arts that we wouldn't try to do that within our own schools, have have little under, not under links, but people who are under us that are also reinforcing the message, you know? And by the way, I have a friend, uh, he teaches and he teaches, has like some of his classes for his teenagers are run by his teenagers. And then I've had, I have others that say, nah, you can't do that. You can't have a teenager run a class, you know? And um, he said that the parents and the kids prefer it because they connect deeper with that kid in their peer group and they look up to them rather than, oh, I look up to Mr. Brummett, you know, but he's an old and he's an adult, you know, like, but I look up to Johnny who's in high school and he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't drink. He's able to stay on with good grades. I could do that. Right. So we have to really choose our, our, our people well, because it could have massive impact on our schools. Yes. And I think that it just makes the opportunity for connection in your school that much deeper. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we talked about like the, I think the big word to me that was interesting was like reimagining our school. So I'm, I'm doing coaching for the first of the uh, January was uh, yesterday and today with my clients and I'm trying to encourage them. You know, it almost seems like they're ready to go ahead for 2023. Everyone is setting goals and they're motivated and yada, yada, yada. However, they're just kind of doing the same thing with a little bit more energy in the beginning of the year. So I said, like, what are, what are you doing? You need to take an inventory of what you're doing, what's working and what's not working. What's kind of just chugging along. Maybe it's working, but it's not outstanding. Let's say like you have a black belt club or a master's club or a leadership team. Are people beating down the doors to get in it? And if they're not, we have to reimagine it to try to get people to understand it, maybe market it and be more vote motivated to be in it. So I asked school owners, you know, that question, um, you know, what are they doing to reimagine or re redo or renew or, or change in their school at this moment? Yeah. And not just throwing lipstick on a pig. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. The same, same pig. Right. But you know, Although, yeah. have, have you ever seen those pigs that you go to whatever the island where they swim in the ocean? No. Yeah, there's an island. I forget where it was. A lot of famous people go um, and they're wild pigs and they swim in the ocean. And you could go out there and swim with them. Um, swim with pigs. Yeah, it's amazing. They, they're just there. It's very cool. You feed them. You, but so there's a reimagining of of the old pig, right? The same old I, pig, right? I did not know that pig swam. So yeah, there, there we go. Quite, I want to do it. It's kind of amazing to see. But then again, so like, how are you going to be that um, purple cow, so to speak? And did you see I posted um, on our page, I'm trying to look for it, but I said, I, I again, going through some of the university stuff, you know, uh, it says like, who are you? What do you do? Why are you special? What separates you from the rest? Write down what you think. And then I posted it up on our page. I think it was on our page uh, or it might have been the other podcast page. And uh, it, you know, it was more like, what do you do? Like, what do you think is your specialty? What makes your dojo 
different. And, you know, one of my friends said, oh, I read your thing and I do the same exact thing, except you could take ninjutsu out and put in Aikido. And I said, oh, that's very interesting because we have very eclectic kind of martial arts. But would the Taekwondo guy feel the same way? The MMA guy, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy feel the same way? Is his school and his mind unique enough to separate him from the crowd in his mind? But in reality, for the client, do they have a choice of seven different schools within a two-mile radius that are all, in their opinion, the same? So how do we reimagine who we are? and separate our brand and our uh, what we offer from everyone else, or at least point that out so people understand it. And I, I think that um, most of us have probably heard that, you know, we need to understand, you know, who we are so that we can then attract the individuals that we actually want mm -hmm. in our school. But to your point, have we ever done that work Right. To really sit down and, you know, who am I? What differentiates me from uh, everybody else in this town? Um, and is that marketable for the individuals that I'm, I'm really looking to get? And then if right. it is, how do I convey that to those individuals so that, you know, I am the one that becomes attractive to them. I attract them to me um, and my brand. And that's really good what it comes down to. Yeah. Or or attract a certain segment of the population that connects with your brand. So for example, um, your, uh, your school is hardcore, you know, pit fighting, you know, street fight, like that vibe, old school or whatever you want to call it. You know, you go in, the dojo has that smell of workout, you know, the pads are all worn. Will you attract that type of clientele that likes that? And that's fine because there's enough of them out there. If you know how to market to that group, that will probably come to you. And then, or are you that pristine dojo, the marble floors and everything is, you know, sprayed and you could smell Windex when you walk in and everyone is ironed and, you know, that that's another segment. And do parents want that for their kid, you know? Um, so you got to figure out first who you are and what you want to be this year. And, and then how do you increase awareness of your brand, right? And what you do. And I think most schools are not sure of that. You know, we fit into the martial art brand, but do we fit into our own brand within the martial arts that people go, yeah, I'd rather go there. Like, I, I think I might've said this the last time I had a parent in my lobby um, who travels from like 35 minutes to get to my school, which is quite far in my area. And, um, and they said that to another parent and the parent said, oh my God, why do you travel that far? There's probably 10 schools right around you. And uh, the whole lobby was listening to that comment from that one mom. And uh, she wasn't being facetious or mean. Uh, she just didn't understand the concept. Like, why would you travel that far? And he said, oh no, he goes, I've researched ninjutsu and Shion Alley. And I only want my kid to train under him. He said, I would travel an hour to have my child train and she goes, really? He goes, yeah, he's one of the best. And his team, you know, blah, 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 all, you know, you know, tooting the horn. And she's like, I didn't even realize that. I just joined the school because it's around the corner from where I live. Like, so are we doing a good enough job to get people to understand why we have what we do, what we do special? And I think that's a very big thing that we should really focus on in our, in 2023, separating yourself from the, the group. Yeah. You know, uh, that brings to mind that, you know, if you have a connection with past students and past parents, 
this might be a positive thing because that of uh, what has come out of COVID. But uh, most people, or more people, I should say, are okay with being on a screen, right? Like Zoom and those type of things. Potentially, you could talk to those individuals and do a Zoom interview with them on, right. you know, it's been 10 years since you've been in my school. Right. What, 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 what has benefited you from being here? Yeah. You know, and then kind of just flesh that out, come up with some questions, but, you know, kind of flesh that out, give a little background to that person, how you know them, who they are, and then, you know, how the, how the martial arts has affected them all the way down to 10 years later or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I have a card. I'm, I, I, I took a copy of the card that was given to me. Let me try to find it. If I saved it, I, I know I put it on my phone, but anyway, one of my teenagers, he's 15. He's been with me since he's like four, gave me a, a gift for the holidays. And um, he gave me a card with it. And I took a picture of the card because I'd like to post it, but I also want to ask his permission because I don't want to embarrass him because he's at that age. But this is what he said to me, which I thought was just really cool. And my wife saw it too. And she said, wow, he wrote, uh, thank you, dear Shion. Thank you for, um, I got to put my glasses on here. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, thank you for uh, absolutely everything you have done for me, my family and I over the past 11 years. You have changed my life for the better. Um, I'm not sure where I would be without you and the dojo. Merry Christmas. And then he writes love and his name. Like, so I saved that because, you know, he he's kind of a funny kid. Like he he's a troublemaker in school. He's always getting detention. So he misses his days at the dojo because his parents punish him. Um, when he's at the dojo, he's a smart aleck, but he's respectful, but a smart aleck, always causing something. He's always getting yelled at, you know, every single day. But it's been so impactful to him, the martial arts. So like I, I want more of that and I want I might just delete his name out and put it up anyway and post it. But like that, that could possibly part, be part of your brand. Like how deeply do you connect with the students? How much has it? But then again, that's not your purple cow. That's because a lot of schools have those things that lives have been changed. But we still need to point that out. And that's where, you know, that's again, goes back to that reimagining. I'm. I'm trying to reinvent a lot of the things that we do, like the leadership team and get that, you know, so more people want to do it. Our black belt club that we call it, you know, our master's elite program. I want a lot of people to that they've been ignoring it or maybe missing out on the opportunities for it. I want to reinvent those so that they become more popular as well. Um, I, um, ours is all about leadership. That's what differentiates us compared to anybody else and yes you can learn some leadership qualities maybe some principles through the martial arts but we actually have a a, a written strategic curriculum that they go through to get it introduced to them in a practical way and they have ways that they have to apply it mm -hmm. so that it's not just you know academically learned you know they physically have to do things that go along with those studies and so right. for us that is our biggest differentiator is the fact that it's it's leadership training from day one right i and like that's it. what our tagline is that's you know everything that we speak about always gets referred back to the word uh or the concept of leadership 
mm-hmm. because I think that that's, um, you know, it's got to be reinforced over and over again. Going back to, we've talked about this before, but, you know, our friend Kenny Bigby, who's a former Navy SEAL, you know, his, his um, tagline, right, is, uh, 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 the, well, one of a, the, the word elite. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's be elite, train elite, live elite. Mm-hmm. You know, and so everything is comes down to the word elite, even to his tests. They're not, you know, they're not called belt testings or stripe tests or whatever. It's an elite assessment. Yeah. And by the way, he's really come into his own. Like, I mean, the dude is every time I look at him on Facebook, he's in Malta. He's in Italy. He's in Africa. Like he's traveling and teaching all the most elite of the police, their police, Brazil. He taught their police force. Like he's doing so many of these special seminars. So I'm so proud of him and where he's gone with this, you know, and how much he's done. And let me just say what, what, um, coming up with his brand and who he is and who he wants his studio to be and the individuals that he wants to attract He's actually set up a uh, like an introductory lesson or course courses, whatever that the student has to go through. And basically in that, yes, you're finding out as a student if this is something you want to do. But more importantly, through that, um, you know, elite process, they're finding out if they want to even allow you to come to the school. Right. So there are individuals that he actually says, you know, hey, look, I'm sorry, but, you know, uh, I I don't believe that your your son or your daughter is ready for this yet. Right. Uh, You you can come back in six months and we can try the, uh, you know, the uh, um, elite assessment again and see where they're at. But, you know, I just thrown the word six months out. I don't know the time frame. But what I'm saying is he's put systems in place to really make it elite. And, and you know, it's interesting too. Like, I think that that sometimes I, I don't think I hate when I say, I think, cause I kind of know what I want to say is that people will come to our school and they'll join parents will sign up. And, um, we interviewed someone else and, uh, sensei Anthony Arango, and he had talked about, it. he goes, it's not just a, ki- a commitment that the parents are committing the children. They're committing themselves. And quite often it's just another checklist on their, you know, Hey, we got to bring Joey to karate check. That's Tuesdays and Thursdays at blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they have a series of checks that they do all week long. Um, but it, they never really say, okay, I'm going to really commit to this. And that's why sometimes parents say, well, they don't even practice at home or they don't, they don't, you know, let's say they did an instrument. They're not practicing their instrument. Well, are you giving them some sort of routine? Are you teaching them when to do it, when not to? Are you sitting with them? Like I used to sit with my daughter, believe it, it was torture at times when she was playing the flute. Um, and you know, that could sound when they don't know the notes and I would go, Oh my God, that was really good. Just work on this and work on that. But I would be there with her in the room or I'd be in my office and I'd yell out and, and say, Oh, good job. That scale was awesome. Like we have to involve ourselves. And, you know, I think that that's what parents are missing too. So when we reimagine our school for the new memberships, maybe we should have that sit down and maybe have that question, that meeting, you know, Hey, you want your kid's life to be better? We can help you with that, but you have to do this. You have to commit to that two days a week at least and communication. Like it's funny in the early days when they first joined, parents communicate with me all the time. 
they ask me questions, they want to know, they want my help, they want to speak. Then once it becomes routine, sometimes I can't even get a response on a text message from yeah. them. You know, like, oh, your kid fell down and hit his head. Like, not even a response. Like, it's old news, white noise, right? So we got to find a way to reimagine that communication network as well so that we have more buy-in and more communication throughout the year. And by the way, better retention, better upgrade process, you know, longer, longer uh, training, you know, black belts, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we just create that better connection and then we create better students and everything else will, will fall into place. I mean, you won't have to worry about um, the retention because you've already created that connection. You won't have to worry about the bottom line because they're going to stay longer because they want to learn more from you. And so um, you know, if we're just concerned, we would just make our um, focus on the on on the person rather than on you know the money that we need to make. And believe me, I'm I'm right there. I mean, there was a time when I was looking at little hundred dollar bills training on that floor, and thank I, God I was not the one. I don't think I would have done this anyways, but I was not the one that was in charge of that floor at the time. I had Mr. Russo as my head instructor at that time. And and um, so he, he was seeing things from a connection standpoint. And I was trying to focus on, you know, building the business and, and you know, pay the bills and all those right. things. And I just I really got into a position where I was not literally seeing $100 bills, but unfortunately that's what I was yeah. feeling. You know I, I, mean? think, I think we're schools who get in that mindset. And I don't think you probably were ever there. I would almost venture to say, just be knowing you, that yes, we focused on the business. Yes, we focused on growing our income and yada, yada, yada. Um, but I don't think that, and I don't know, maybe you might have, you, you could tell me, but I, I try to always make martial arts the top priority. My students' ability, teaching them lessons that would change their lives. However, sometimes though, those lessons are lost because people perceive us as business people. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, oh, you're selling another shirt or you got another this or you're going to charge for another seminar. It's all about the money when in reality, it's really, in my opinion, like when I when I have a seminar and I have a, a Adam McCauley uh, coming in at the end of the month to teach Ryuku Kempo from Oyata Sensei, very world renowned teacher. Um, and the we're so lucky to have him. Um, it's amazing, though, that people see it as just another seminar that we're selling. They don't realize like from when I was young, oh my God, I have the opportunity to train with this master. Like, you know, Steven Seagal or, or whoever, I travel to Japan, you know, whatever, because I wanted to be in, and my friend has a saying, to touch the hands of a master will change your lives forever, right? And in the school, but people don't see that as much. Some people go, well, I don't know. Is he going to benefit from it? Like, it's just a class, you know what I mean? Like, so we have to be better at, that too about communicating those values so that they understand like for example i don't know whatever sport if your kid played basketball and you had like an nba uh player you know coming in who's world like Shaq, coming in to do a clinic would you pay 90 bucks for it would you want your kid to be involved or would you be like eh, i see him on tv no big deal like you know that's where i think a lot of people miss the opportunity these days as well the the from a parent's point of view or even a student is it worth yeah. it to give my weekend up? Am I going to learn much? It $80 versus me hanging out with my buddies, you know, that kind of thing. So we have to be better at that communication as well. Well, and I think that's also a culture that has to be built in the school. Obviously it's, it's uh, easier if it was built from the very beginning and then that just becomes the norm. 
Um, it will be difficult, I think, to not impossible, but it's just going to be difficult to build that if you've never had that, uh, you know, to start. And so you, you, you just have to keep it going, even if you only have one or two people show up and then you've got to talk it up and then yeah. you got to do the next one. Then you have four or five show up and you got to talk it up and, you know, a couple and, of years down the road, you might actually have 50. You know what I mean? And it's how you present it, right? It's like, you know, when Biden was doing um, speeches back in the day when he was running, he'd have like 11 people in the audience, but the way they camera angled it, it looked like it was crowded. And then some people would go, but look at how it looks over here. And there was no one there, right? You know, that happens all the time where they set the crowd up in a certain way. So it's how you tell your story too. So I, I always tell my clients too, uh, I had a friend, he would always cancel things. Like he set up an event, he only got 10, he wanted 25, he was pissed off, so he canceled it. I go, you're never gonna get those 10 people to come back because they're not gonna sign up because you've canceled on them twice. I go, run the event. So what you don't make money? So what you lose a little money? So what? Just do an event that people are talking about and tell everyone to tell everyone else, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So it it, it becomes, you know, it, it's buildable. It's like a snowball. You pick up a little bit of snow uh, as you roll it downhill until it gets so huge that it moves on its own. And that's exactly yeah. what you just said. A few years later, you got 50, 60 people attending these events. Right. And, you know, like the snowball uh, analogy, sometimes part of the snowball falls off and you got to, you know. You got to pack some new snow in it. So yeah. that, that happens. So just don't don't get down uh, or try not to, at least for too long, because that's just the way that it goes. Yeah. And I have one other idea. I know we still have plenty of time, but I have, an, I have, I have this idea, too. Like we should also look at our facility and, and say, where can we improve on that? Normally, every year between Christmas and New Year's, I do a repaint or, a, you know, a change of some style. But we've been doing a lot this year during the year. So there really wasn't much for us to do. But I do want to do a fresh coat of paint and, and uh, you know, coming up soon. But we have to ask ourselves, too, like, are we are people coming back to the school in the new year? And it's all status quo. Same colors, same gear on the walls that have a, a inch of dust on top of it you know uh, have you moved things changed things like it's funny we have a picture it's this gorgeous samurai picture that's kind of like an old style print grayish gold like you know the old black and whites and yeah. um i got it as a gift like 10 or 12 years ago from a black belt that just got their black belt when i moved that picture around people were like oh my god that's gorgeous when did you get that did you get that for christmas i'm like it's been hanging on the walls literally it was three and a half foot from where it is now it's been there for six years you know it's been in this dojo for 10 years but people see it because you move it and change it right and i think that that's important so that we should look at our facility and by the way if you have a brand new facility you have nothing to do but after you have 150 students coming in or out of the dojo every day for a year it gets scuffed it gets beat up it starts to look crappy it's like some of my favorite restaurant shows where they you know the guy uh, Chef Irvine goes in restaurant Im impossible and he goes in and he's like, look at this. There's a tear in the booth there. You know, there's, there's dirt on the walls the, he wipes the floor and like, it's black with the towel. He goes, people don't, they don't notice this. It's not that they don't care and they probably do surface clean, but they, they don't notice it because they just haven't really touched it. Yeah, well, I, that, that reminds me of um, uh, Rudy Giuliani's The Broken Window Theory. Right. You know, when those small things are, you notice those small things, those small things are actually big things if you're not taking care of them as a small thing. So, yes, I think those 
those small little things need to be addressed ASAP so they do not become a big thing at all. I love Giuliani. You heard my Giuliani story, right? Have you ever heard that? No. Uh, I, I, I'm, I, I said I'm, I'm moving my books, right? So I'm keeping all my signed books. So I have a book, Giuliani's Leadership, right? So I'm going with my ex at the time to, uh, we're going to the city for the holidays. And I'm, you know, I have a backpack and I have his thick book in my backpack and I'm reading it. And I say, I turn to her and I go, I really want to meet this guy. And right as I say that, uh, it says, oh, Penn Station, that's our last stop. And we get off and we walk around and we go into Macy's. I'm like, I really would like to meet Mayor Giuliani. No joke, dude. I turn the corner and boom, we literally bump face to face into each other. Oh, gosh. I, I swear to God, like we bump and backed up and um, and I get, oh, my God. And I reach into my backpack to grab his book and security, like four security guys, these monsters that were nowhere to be found. We're like on me. Boom. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I have your book. I just told my wife at the time that we, I want to meet you. And I, and, and he's like, okay, I'll, I'll sign the book. And he signed my book. I said, can I get a picture? He's like, no. And his security team whisked him off, but it was the funniest story. And it was like, you know, serendipitous. Like you think like what you, what you think about comes true when you really put a positive mindset to it. Of course, that's a little bit extreme, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, but he, he was, that book was amazing. Anyway, talked about, yeah, talked about like the, those improvements, you know, when people walk in and they see your facility smells nice, looks nice, you moving things, changing things, it, it reinvigorates them a little. It's not like the same old, okay, I'm here again. Let's just train some more. Well, we did such a, uh, last year, meaning 2021 going into 2022, we did, we did a major rehaul. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had people going into this year going, all right, what, what's, what's the uh, next now. thing you're going to do? Yeah. Yeah, what can you do to beat that one, right? Right. Well, we did we did fresh coat of paint, like you said. I mean, we cleaned from head to toe. Um, you know, I mean, we clean anyways, but I'm just saying we did that again, and and uh, we did a fresh coat of paint. So right. You know, it's interesting too. Um, I forget where I heard this. Probably Grant Cardone or one of the books I've just recently read. But he was talking about like you know um, people that are like like for example our services. You know, we offer X. You know, and sometimes if people don't fit into the X mold, we just sometimes just let them go. Like, so for example, he talked about um, every morning I would go, oh, it's a different guy. I forget his name, but I saw it on, on Facebook. He goes, every morning I'd walk into the mom and pop coffee shop because I want to give them business. And I'd say he was lactose intolerant. He says, do you guys have soy or almond or uh, oat milk? They go, no. He go, okay. I'll see you soon. Hopefully one day you'll get it. And he'd go across the street and buy his Starbucks because they had all that stuff. And he said he did that for like every day for like a year. And they never bothered to, to get what they needed. I mean, if he was just one of many that were walking out because they just didn't want to get it. I remember when I used to go get a bagel every morning and I'd ask for it. Eventually the woman who worked behind the counter would bring her own soy milk in for me. Allie, I got soy milk. I brought it from my house. And I would go to my diner and I can't drink coffee there because they don't have soy milk. So um, I usually have tea with no milk, but that I had a waitress that would bring me in soy milk and keep it for me. And so you go every Wednesday to that diner. Yeah, and she went, she personally went out of her way, but that got her a better tip. We love her to death. We don't want any other waitress at our table. Um, you know, so it, it really all depends. So how can we as school owners, you know, make sure that people are getting what they actually need? Like, for example, a mom texted me last night and said, oh, um, I, I see that you have Tuesday on the schedule for, for our kids now. I'm like, ma'am, that's been there forever. 
She's like, no, no, we never had Tuesdays. But, but what happened was her little kid didn't have Tuesdays when he was a little warrior. He's moved up to Mighty Warrior, and now Tuesdays are available. But she just assumed for her kid, Tuesdays are out. So now yeah. she's like, oh, I didn't even realize. That's amazing. Now I could come Tuesdays and Saturdays, like that kind of thing. So it, it for her, it, it opened up a whole new, you know, in a whole new uh, dynamic for her. Yeah. And then I don't know about you, but I look at that and I go, okay, so how can I make sure that I articulate, <laughs> you know, that these are options now when you move up? Like that's right. just how I look at those things, right? Yeah. Well, you have, which is kind of cool. Every time we... A, a person gets promoted from beginner to white belt, white to yellow, yellow to green. We have a three step automation that goes out to them. The first one is congratulations. You did such a great job on your test. Um, this is what you have to look forward to. Uh, this is the gear that's now required. And here, here's what your class availability is. So that's in our automation so that it does communicate. Now, by the way, some people don't ever even open those. I'll get a text message. Can we do this? You know, what do we do here? And I almost want to say, listen, we sent you the thing. Just read our stuff. It would save me so much time. But uh, I spend the extra money and, and follow up with um, uh, text messages. So when I, yeah. in an automation like that, when I send an email that is pertinent like that, yeah. I also send a text saying, Hey, we just sent you an important email. Uh, yep. Please take a look at it. That's what I do too. I email went out yesterday or I'll do it like an email five minutes later. We just sent you an email. Did you get it? And by the way, a lot of times people don't get the email. It went into their spam folder or, you know, we had a letter I instead of a, a one, like little things that you might've typed in wrong or they typed in wrong. And we think that we're communicating when in reality, they're not hearing a word we're saying, not because they're not listening, but because something fell through the cracks. So that's why it's great, like what you do, follow up with a text message just to make sure. And by the way, they might get the text and go, yeah, I got to read that. I saw it come through. I'm not going to hit delete. And then they get great information. So I think that's how you and I have become much better through this onboarding process. And by the way, that book we both read called uh, Upstream. Yeah. But like it was, that was one of the most impactful books I've read in, in a few years for me is like looking upstream to find out what may go wrong and take all those things and now educate them before it happens preemptively. I just wasn't smart enough to write the book before he did. I know. Right. There you go. Cause I feel, I feel like that's what I do in my business. I mean, I didn't do that in the beginning. I was just, you know, in the day to day. Yeah. But then as I learned how to be a business owner, I was looking at, okay, what potentially can happen and how can I actually solve that problem before, before it ever becomes a problem? And yeah. I guess I learned that one from, um, you know, being with, uh, uh, you know, learning marketing from Dan Kennedy and some of these other people with regards to you know, uh, creating the conversation that's already going on in the person's mind. Mm -hmm. And then when you're writing a sales copy, you know, that's a sales copy. You've got to make sure that the conversation is already what the conversation that person's having in their mind. And one yeah. of those conversations is, yeah, but, or what if, yeah. And so you're always, you know, trying to solve those or answer those questions before they become a problem. Yeah. And so that's the whole upstream thing is when you're looking at your systems and those type of things, really look at what Ali said and look at what potentially could be happening, how to communicate so that they don't happen or put things in place so that what you want to have happen actually does happen with the least amount of ability. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, like we had said, maybe they're not getting the email. Maybe we have a wrong text message, but sometimes maybe they're just not in 
the habit of looking at your stuff, right? So they have so much, they're inundated with so many things, but they have to have a folder for the important things, right? So the more we can educate them on why it's important for them to just listen. Like I had a mom, she, she really, I have to be honest, she really pissed me off to the point where I didn't like her. Um, and now she just came to me Monday and we kind of made amends. She apologized, but she wrote me an email that was nasty. Like stop sending me emails and text messages. It's like borderline harassment. Take me off the list and yada, yada, yada. And it was just messaging on, you know, we have class today. We're doing this tomorrow. Yada, you know, like regular stuff. Anyway, long story short, she came to me and said, well, I'm sorry, I, I just get inundated. It's the holidays and I work for two different companies. So I'm getting all these emails and yours was just on top of it. And she said, I said, okay, you want me to keep going? She's like, yeah, now everything's calmed down. Just continue emailing and I apologize, you know. But it was like one point where I was like, okay, I'm not going to communicate with her. When we're closed, let her show up for class. I don't care. I, you know, I'm not going to remind her. But sometimes people are just so overwhelmed with not only us, but the school and their sports and their lessons, you know, whatever. Um, we have to find a way to break through and, and, and somehow encourage them to raise us to the top of the heap so that they'll lit this three top messages. We're one of the ones that they're going to click on because it helps them. One of the ways that we've tried to simplify the communication is putting everything on or mostly everything on the home page of our app. And so what, one of the tabs that's on the home page on our app is the yearly calendar. Mm -hmm. And inside of that yearly calendar, there's a couple of different things. One is we have a, an actual image that you can kind of blow up if you pinch out, you know, yep. Yep. and that gives you everything from, um, uh, school closings and school closings holidays. to holidays to everything else like that. But then we also have a Google calendar. And if you subscribe to that Google calendar, all of the important dates will go into your phone. Mm, great. So again, closings, testings, all of those things. Great. But then in addition to that, when we have an event that's coming up, um, yes, that's on the homepage of the app, but we also put it into the Google calendar mm -hmm. as well so that they know that, you know, we've got a martial arts, um, game night coming up on January 20th. So right. if they subscribe to that, it's going to be in their calendar. Now, yeah. whether or not they decide to go or they want to delete it from their calendar, that's fine too. But we always point them to, um, the app right. to answer questions. So for instance, I had somebody because we were closed for two weeks uh, and they were fairly new. They messaged us through the app and said, Hey, when do you reopen? I don't see it in the app. Well, on the homepage, if they had just scrolled down one more, right. It, it would have had the yearly calendar or two more, excuse me, two more. And it would have had the yearly calendar. And I said, it's on the homepage of the app. Uh, well, first I answered the question. We reopen on January 2nd. Right. Um, it, it is located just so you know, it's located on the app. Currently, it is the fourth tab down. So if you scroll down, you'll see the yearly calendar. Right. And then you'll be able to, in the future, look for those things as well. Hope right. this is helpful. That was it. Yeah. So sometimes, I really believe, don't just answer their question, but politely educate them for the future. I do it all the time, and I have to hold myself from being sarcastic. Like, 
don't you read like you know like we we had so many people um we have this dinner sunday so many people knew the deadline was january 1st we sent out tons of emails you know january 1st is over january 2nd can you sign me up for the dinner i'm like no we've done everything we could to let you know that this was the deadline you missed out you know with that dinner we had to tell the hotel ahead of time we couldn't squeeze people in you know but sometimes i want to be able to do that and say that to people but um but you're right though you have to answer that question i i came up with something um for my new people that come for a one month free trial i have a thing called the quick start guide and i hand them my old i used to have a welcome to the family package this beautiful 17 page you know full color like a car manual when you go look at a car in a dealership it's beautifully set up and i bought thousands of them and i still have thousands left right so um i now give that out with a little sheet of paper that's called our quick start guide and i, I love give that. it to them and um and it you know how to how to sign into the app what they should be looking for on the app the important information you know reading and staying in communication and this it is goes physical physical. It's a physical thing when they come in and I hand it to them. Um, but I am going to, I just wrote a note, you know, put the quick guide. Uh, the, I just wrote a note, um, put quick start guide on app. <laughs> that was something I want to have it on there as well. But, uh, but it is, it's, I, I wish I had one to show you because our manual is gorgeous. Summer camps, seminars, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's in this beautiful manual, but the quick start guide is good. Like I almost, sometimes people read it and beat me to it. They're signing up on the app. They're, um, they're already setting up the schedule. They're already signing in. They're watching videos. Cause on my app too, I have a, a, a section that has a belt tie challenge. So the kids are like, you know, how do I tie my belt? I'm like, well, let me show you once, but here's the videos. And I show the parents on the app. There's four different ways, four different views, four different scene areas where you could learn how to tie your belt. So like, those are things like you and I would tie in belts, tie in belts. So now it puts the onus on them a little, but the quick start guide has been a big help for brand new people. Cause a lot of the questions that they are having is in that first page. And it's not a lot. Like I had one that was two pages long and I cut it down. Like I wanted to make it like 15 bullet points and that was it. Someone wrote, someone wrote, yeah. I love that idea. Can you share those guides so we can get some inspiration? Um, I wish I could attach a photo to this and send it to you. Um, I'll inbox you, Paul. And anyone else who's interested, I'll inbox you guys. Uh, I'll message you on uh, Messenger and I'll send you the copy that I have. Yeah, why don't you, if you're interested, just message Allie uh, uh, about the quick start guide so he knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and, and by the way, even if it's like you're listening to this months later, um, just be clear. Hey, Allie, I heard your podcast number, what are we, 380 something now? 339, I think. 339. And, um, and you know, mention, mentions that. And uh, yeah, by the way, it, I had a questionnaire that they would fill out when they came in, you know, waiver questionnaire. And on the back, it had this long list of like pre-qualifying questions. Like, do you do know that this is a traditional martial arts school? We teach self like it was, I and they would basically go check, 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 and sign. I go, you're not, they're not reading it. So I, I wanted to turn it into a quick start guide where it's like 10 big, big, you know, probably 22 point font size, um, quick, quick steps, just 10. I don't want to overwhelm them. The most important things that are going to get them in the flow of things. So it was pretty, pretty awesome. It's been working. Yeah, no, that, yeah that, that's an awesome idea. 
That, I, I like that. You know, that as we're talking about this, I always have people ask me um, the belt ranking system. Because I have three different uh, systems. I got my tinies, my littles, and then my, my regular system. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why up until this point, I didn't think about, well, why don't I just have a tab in the app? Exactly. About what's going on. Yeah. Well, I just mean, you know, are you, you know, uh, want to understand the belt ranking system? Exactly. Click here. Boom. Yeah. I, I have some cool things. Like I even have, you know, I don't know if you wear drawstring pants in your dojo. You got to pull them tight. And, no. and try them. So we have those for the older people, uh, older kids on up, but they're always pulling the string out. So I'd always like to, Hey, my kid's pants are, and I'd get a pencil and I'd tape it to the string and I'd weave it and fix it. Well, I found this judo guy. I never learned this. This is amazing where he just would tie one end to the other end and spin it through the pants and, and untie the knot. And it was fixed like the most huh. ingenious way to fix those pants. So I took his video and I put it up on the app on how to fix your pants. Like, and now I get barely anybody comes to me and says, my pants have untied. What do I do? So like the preemptive stuff that I've been doing has been saving me a lot of headaches in, in, you know, the long run. So that's why I love that app. I mean, on my app, I have some really cool things. I have our class schedule. I have a snow closing. Uh, I, I have a ninja f covered in snow on top of a rooftop. And it says, this is where you'll look for snow closing. So if the weather's not good, I'll post it there and they know whether we're open or closed. I have seminars on there. I have our class schedule on there. I have the belt tie challenge. I have a frequently asked questions section. We have it on our website, but why not have it on the app? So people want to know, how do I get rank? How do I promote? What do I need to do? How do I wash my uniform? Do I wash my belt? I have that all on there as well. And then I have the journey from beginner to black belt in weaponry what you get at white belt, what you get at yellow, what you get at green. It shows pictures of what each belt level is. Then it explains what they are. Because I, I had a parent that's so funny. She, I love this mom. She's great. She comes to me, hey, Sheehan, what's that sticky thing? You know, the short sticky thing that I'm like sticky, like the stick, I mean, the st oh, oh, that's a hanbo. Like they don't know the names and the terminology. So I'm educating them on the app there too. So there's a lot of really <laughs> uniform code, dress code, birthday parties on the app. So they could say, oh, I could do a birthday party. I didn't realize that. Even though we do market it, summer camps up there already. Um, updates, like I tell some positive stories, the story of the three frogs, the story of the the bull in the hole, you know, like little things like that on audio message. And then they could, the kids could listen to it, it the story. Um, requirements, what they get, you know, my leadership team, all of that's right on my front page, homepage of the app. So you have a lot of things on that homepage. Oh yeah. I mean, you scroll through this 12 things on there with a really colorful picture. And, and then I move the cool thing with spark, you know, this, you can move them around. You can yeah. move the thing from the bottom to the top. So if they get used to scrolling and seeing, I'll move the zoom class thing to the bottom or to the top or to the middle so that they have to search through it. And then check this out. I, I haven't done it yet, but I have it on my desk. I said, I wanted you to do a scavenger hunt on the app. Uh, so that they have to find the code XXY2 within one of those messages. So what, So they have to go through all the things on the app to find the code, and then they're going to get a $100 credit for the first person who finds it. So now I'm going to create a scavenger hunt because I want them to read everything. So so that was another thing. I haven't implemented it yet, but I have it on my desk. I have like 20 sticky notes of ideas that I need to get. I wonder if you did that quarterly. 
Yeah. If that, would, if that wouldn't at least, you know, improve the uh, uh, readability. The, yeah. The visual the visualization of the app. I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because, because again, once it's there and they've read it once or they think they've gotten it or they get the gist of it, they're not going deeper. We just want to create cool listeners or, you know, people who are engaged and get people to, it's like clickbait, right? I, I know we're out of time, but it's like clickbait. You know, I see things like um, President Biden smashed his head, fell off his bike and yada, yada, and you click on it and it's like, oh, he missed a step and he fell over a little. Like they, 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 you know, big fight between yada, 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 and this one and that one. And you go in there and they just, they say, hey, that's a stupid idea, like something minor, but they, they right. put you into thinking that it's something major. Well, we want to create that with a fun way, you know, and giveaways and things like that to get people. And by the way, if you don't have Spark and you don't have an app, you could do it somehow within your school, you know, an oh, Easter, Easter egg hunt, so to speak. That's right. That's right. Well, Allie, I'm just going to tell you, it's uh, wonderful starting off the new year with you. Yeah, dude. Me so, too. I agree. Thank really, you. Really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to, uh, you know, the rest of this year and, and uh, spending time with you and everybody else. So Absolutely. And maybe somehow we'll fit in a trip to see each other in person somehow. Sounds good to me. All right. Awesome, dude. I'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. LeadHunterMedia.com, your online digital marketer and content provider. Academy Kings BJJ Growth Consulting and Management Group at GrowMyAcademy.com. SparkMembership.com, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. Get KarateStudents.com, a martial arts growth consulting company for all your systems. Add HealthCoaching.com, helping school owners create a whole other revenue stream for their school. We will see you next time.